Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Is it possible to prepare for a marathon in eight weeks? That is the question on today's podcast. It's me, Jarlith Regan, and the Irishman running a broad podcast. Thank you so much for downloading the show, for getting involved, and for joining me for this really interesting set of conversations between myself and the GOAT, Sonia O'Sullivan, the only person in history to win the Dublin Marathon after deciding to run it four weeks beforehand. We will talk all about that later in the show because of course Dublin is where I'm headed along with loads and loads of you guys listening. October 29th is coming in fast and many of you might be thinking there's not enough time to get to where you'd like to be fitness wise. Well this episode is just for you. So much good stuff in here. Really insightful information and tips from Sonia and of course Vinnie Mulvey who joins us in the second half of the show. If you'd like to keep up on all things Irishman running abroad, meet runners like you, ask questions none of your family can answer like what is carb loading, which is the best electrolyte powder on the market, or what's the best runner's underpants that won't cut the balls off you. You need to be in the Irishman running abroad WhatsApp group. Email me, irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com and I'll add you to this growing community. Of course, we are on Strava too. And that's where we organise our meetup runs. I just had one on Sunday. There'll be another one in two weeks time. I'd love you to come along. I'm off out on tour from this Wednesday onwards. That does not mean that there'll be any change to our regular programming. It just means that I'm going to be chasing it all around the place. My brand new stand-up show, Your Man, is landing in theatres and I'd love you to come and join me for a laugh. www.jigzer.com forward slash gigs is the place to see everywhere I'm going from Birmingham to Brighton to Bristol to London all the way up and down Ireland. We're adding dates all the time. The big one though is the Three Olympia Theatre on January 19th, 20th and 21st. This is just the facts. These shows are almost sold out literally Every seat is gone. Uh, There's some left. Now, if you're planning on coming, you need to book now. Don't say I didn't warn you. These shows are in January, I know, but they're all gone. And I would love you to be there for the filming of my new stamp special in the Olympia. It's going to be a huge night. A few very quick shout outs before we get to Sonia and get her on the line. Firstly, to the friend of the show, Sarah Lavin. Not the friend, one of our friends on the show. Sarah Lavin who you will know as Ireland's fastest woman ever over hurdles. This week, she also became the fastest Irish woman ever to run 100 metres. Huge, huge achievement for Sarah. I wanted to take a moment just to acknowledge that and give her a shout out on behalf of myself, Sonia Vinnie and all of the listeners. Congratulations and a special shout out to Phil Healy, who held the record before her. Ikuko Wright and Dunny in Dingle whose daughter graduated from UCD this week. Congratulations to both of you. We know it takes a village and a cuckoo herself for completing the Dingle Half Marathon. And finally, and last but not least, Seamus McAteer, our club PRO. As always, the beating heart of the club. Thank you so much, Seamus. Let's get to it. (laughs) 
Talk to Joe on 1850 715 815. you're in Teddington. About to, bags aren't packed, but you're about to head for the airport. Where are you off to now? Yeah, I'm heading to Venice today. Um, Venice is just a gateway to um, Italy. And um, there's a track meet there tomorrow night in um, a place called Rovereto, which Very I've good. never been to. And um, so one of the Union Athletic Club athletes, Sinclair Johnson, is running. Um, Sophie is running. And yeah, I'm sure there's a few others that I know down there. So um, looking forward to that. It's kind of fitting that you're in Teddington because this week on the show, we're talking about 50 days out, little inside two months left for your preparation for a marathon. Question we're asking today, is it possible to prepare for a marathon in under two months? And it is fitting that it's Teddington because that's the place where you hatch the idea. Hey, feck it, I'll run the 2000 Dublin Marathon. You then, obviously, on the 31st of October, Blew it or ran around the thing and won it. Now, nobody listening to this is expecting themselves to do that. But when I put that question to you, when I texted it across to you, is it possible to prepare for a marathon in two months? What was your first response? Well, it depends where you're coming from. You know, I think um, if you're fit and you've been running a lot, then yeah, eight weeks is loads of time. I think, you know, for, for someone like yourself who's been training quite a bit recently and, you know, up to... 30k on the weekend. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Um, I would say you're ahead of schedule. Great. Well, that's yeah. good to hear. I mean, and obviously the, the people that are tuning into this, though, that are going, um, I don't know if I'm able to run 30k yet. When you say it depends where you're coming from, uh, you're saying if you're getting off the couch, probably forget it. But if you're somebody who's running consistently through the last 12 months, you think it's very doable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think you did it yourself when you ran your first London Marathon. Mm -hmm. You weren't that far out when you decided to take it on. And then, I mean, the the question you have to answer yourself and the answer you have to find is, um, you know, what's your expectations from running the marathon? And, you know, is it just to get around? Is it to run a specific time? Um, You know, is it to beat somebody? You know, all (laughs) these things come into it. Yeah. And they are the things that determine the amount of preparation that you require. Mm. Um, I think, you know, the, the best thing when you're preparing for a marathon is to have done enough preparation and training that you actually know that you can do it. You're confident you can cover the distance and, you know, you'll feel good doing it. Yeah. Well, less than 1% of the population of the earth will ever run a marathon. Now, a lot of people will say the reason for that is because it's not that much crack. And there's going to be periods during this where it's going to be really uncomfortable. In fact, you've said for ages on this show that being comfortable in discomfort is what the game is all about. You were coming to it when you went and decided in that cafe that morning in Teddington. Yeah, I'll give this go. My debut marathon in the capital city back home. You, you'd never run that distance before, correct? You, you were not comfortable in discomfort for that length of time. Um, no, I mean, I had never even considered running it, really. Um, I'd watched plenty of them, I've attended plenty of marathons with other athletes. And, you know, I, I suppose when you prepared for it, they make it look easy. Okay. When you stand at the finish line and you watch the people coming in, it looks like great crack. You know, it's, 
<laughs> Even though there is some pretty uh, yeah, rough bit, I, I can remember it, scenes at the end. Yeah, that time I walked back from the London Marathon. Oh yeah, um, I think you uh, rang me, <laughs> and I was talking to you, and I was thinking, oh, you don't want to see this when you're thinking about running a marathon. Yeah, but you know that's all part of it. I think is you know that it takes so much out of you, and it's such a big effort, and it does ask a lot of hard questions physically and mentally when you're out there. That it's kind of part of the enjoyment and it's the satisfaction that people get from setting themselves the challenge of running a marathon and preparing for it as best they can and and completing it. Right. So you're obviously coming at your first marathon with an Olympic silver in the back pocket at that point and an awful lot of confidence in yourself. Still, though, Sonia, I'd imagine that there was awakenings during it. Do you remember, what can you remember from that time and exactly how many long runs did you do before this Dublin marathon that you basically lunged at? Well, I really only did two long runs. Um, I did two two hour runs in the two weeks before. And because I hadn't run so much in that period of time, I didn't feel like I needed to taper. You know, I just needed to get used to time on my feet. And then the marathon was just going to be time on my feet and a little bit extra. There was no, I, there wasn't any huge expectation on me for that race. I mean, I really just wanted to get around and use it as my long run for that weekend. Um, okay. It's going to be a bit of a longer run. And I suppose then you start diving into previous results and, you know, you start to get the idea that, oh, maybe I could even win this thing. So <laughs> that idea did occur to you? What? To that, as you were as you were preparing for it with no expectations, just regarding it as a long run. At some point in the preparation, you watched the results and thought, "I could win this." Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose I needed a bit of purpose out there as well. Yeah. Because I knew we would get to a point, and I'd be like, oh, "This isn't much fun anymore now." And um, what's the reason to be out here? It was a good idea at the time, back in the cafe, talking about it. Like everything, it looks good on paper. Um, but once you actually go out there and attempt it, even when you stand on the start line of a marathon, you can start to question yourself like, where did, am I doing the right thing here? <laughs> Why did I decide to do this? And you just have to switch out of all those thoughts. Just kind of think, yeah, no, I'm doing this because I want to do it and because I decided to do it and because I've prepared to do it. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, me running Dublin Marathon in 2000, that was a bit of an anomaly, really. You know, it was a public long run for me. Yeah. Um, and at the time, you know, it wasn't such a big deal running marathons. If I was to run a marathon like this year and I was after winning an Olympic silver medal, it would be packed out in the streets. But like it was very, very quiet. It wasn't a big deal at all. It was big in small circles to run a marathon back then. I think just due to the whole nature of social media and the connection that people have with each other, the interactions that, you know, there's more people involved when people are running a marathon now. It's not just mm, you deciding mm. to run a marathon. Yeah. It's everybody else, you know, who wants to be a part of it, whether they're, you know, standing on the sidelines cheering, they're coming to bring you a drink, they're going to meet you at the finish, they're going to take you to the start. You know, there's just so many more people involved because they want to be involved and they all want to be part of the story. Whereas it wasn't as easy to tell the story back then. You know, you had the, whatever was in the newspaper the next day. It wasn't... You know, people just weren't as connected to it. and Of course, yeah. Involved. 
It's so funny you say it, right? Because in preparation for this episode, I obviously take a deep dive down that internet rabbit hole to find what I can get of information on this particular race. And there really is no footage to be found. (laughs) And when you think about the amount of camera phones that are going to be there in Dublin uh, on the day and the amount of versions, as you say, the people that are connected to this who can track you on the app and all the rest of it, it is night and day. There is, of course, this epic photo of you in the gloves crossing the line, uh, looking thoroughly, probably more tired than anybody's ever seen you. Uh, but no footage. I mean, I imagine it was on the news, right? Um, yeah, I think it was. I think some, I mostly, I, I definitely have seen a few pictures, but yeah, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. No. So yeah, like you say, it no. is an anomaly and it is very hard for the listeners to relate to <laughs> deciding in a Teddington cafe. Yeah, sure, fuck it. I'll do my long run as the Dublin Marathon and then win it. Let's talk about, you know, the more relatable side of this, the stuff that you can really help people on when they're looking at this distance from the Dublin Marathon and they're not confident that the hay is in the barn, what should they be focusing on? What should they be thinking about in terms of focusing their training for the next few weeks? There's a lot of time. I mean, eight weeks is a long time. The typical marathon training plan is about 12 weeks. Right. But, you know, once you have the training done and you've had done some regular long runs and they don't even have to be super long runs, just even hour and a half runs, then eight weeks is plenty of time. I mean, mm. I don't think I, in my when I ran the marathon in 2015, I don't think I got up to 30k until like maybe five weeks out. And then I did a 32 and a 33, maybe another 32. Um, and then that was it. Mm. Um I mean, do you think you'll be running much more than 30 kilometres? Well, we're going to get Vinny Mulvey on the line. Vinny has, of course, been the uh, coach to myself and Sonia for quite some time, and he's been assigning the plans. So he'll be able to tell us that. All I know is that I was getting anxious in the last little while. We, of course, arranged these meetup runs for you, the listeners, uh, who are around the Dublin area to come and meet every two weeks in the Phoenix Park and run with me and sometimes Sonia around there for the long run. And I was getting worried. We even did an episode about this that everybody else was bouncing out of these long runs like, that was great, thank you so much. And I was in the pits of despair going, these are not going well. Sunday was night and day, Sonia. I did the 30 there with, uh, we nearly had a turnout of 30 people at this thing and I was hopping at the end of it. I don't know what I got right, but it definitely felt like a corner was turned. And I remember you saying, and I wanted to bring this up, I remember you saying a while ago that when you have one of those runs, long run or otherwise, but specifically one that goes really well, you have to go back and go, well, what did I do? What worked? And bank that and go, well, that's what you're going to do the night before, the day before the actual thing. Yeah, that's exactly as you have to kind of think, well, what did I eat? Um, What did I do during the day, the day before? Did I sleep well? Um, And, you know, it can be hard to get a perfect replica of that. But I think starting with even what you eat helps a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a really good starting point. And and the amount of like fluids that you would have drank beforehand. Um, I wonder, what did you have straight away after that 30k run? Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a big bottle of Coke. And no, I I think I just threw some protein in. Whatever I could get protein-wise, I had a protein bar there ready to go. 
Um, but it was more, I felt like as a big lad, people always assume that I'm smaller. I don't know what it is about my voice, but I'm nearly six foot two, heavy sweater. Uh, and we had talked about electrolytes a few weeks ago and I was drinking the electrolytes for 24 hours beforehand and had one during the run. And I feel like that on top of all the training made a big difference. But Vinny also suggested that I get some kind of recovery powder into me uh, now in these final few weeks. All of this stuff, peripheral stuff, like you say, protein, electrolytes, all of that. You are always the basics. You're always about the, you know, the absolute brass tacks of this thing. So you say you did a 30, a 32 and a 33 long run. Um, are these long runs the non-negotiables for somebody coming into this final eight weeks? Or do they need to incorporate speed and variation even within those long runs? Yes, and that's how you keep the long runs interesting is that you can introduce sections of the long runs at marathon pace. And, you know, sections even up as much as 10 to 12 kilometers, even sometimes up to 16 kilometers or 10 miles worth of it at marathon pace. And when you do that, it really kind of changes the focus of what you're doing and the run becomes more purposeful. Mm. And, you know, as much as you might be anxious thinking about it and wondering if you're going to be capable of doing doing it, oftentimes it makes the run a lot easier because you're not just plodding around there and covering the ground and going for time, but you actually have a section where you're like, okay, right now I got to dial into my marathon pace. And no faster, just right on it and stick to that for the, the amount of time that you're going to be doing that. Now, have you done anything like that yet? Yeah. So this Sunday, in fact, Vinny prescribed uh, three minutes on, three minutes off, uh, right in the middle of it. And you're so right. I was dreading it. You know, you do the first 15 kilometers and of course you feel a little, you know, buzzy because you're like, that was easy. 15K, nice and easy. And it felt good and healthy. That is hanging over you, this three minutes on, three minutes off, three times in a row. But exactly as you described there, it broke up the long run. If you were someone who, like me, was fearing their long runs, it really broke the back on it. Because then you find yourself, we found ourselves at the top gate, the Castle Knock gate of the Phoenix Park. And we're at 20k and you're going, oh, my God, <laughs> it's only 10k to go. We can do this. But uh, the final 5K really put manners on all of us. I think everyone really felt it for that last 5K. Also, ridiculously hot, Sonia. You've been back in Cove for this weather, taking in the heat. You, you can be caught out by the weather at the Dublin City Marathon specifically. And there kind of is no preparation for it. But I'd imagine this variation is all about that, is it not? Is about managing energy throughout the race. That's that's the battle. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you you know, there always be, I suppose, variables that can change and they're not very predictable. And one of them, of course, is the weather. And, um, you know, I think the end of October, it's probably not going to be as warm as it is right now. But at least you're training in this warm weather and that provides a huge training effect to do that. Um, it, it, it requires a lot greater effort. And... Um, you have to be more efficient with, you know, how you manage your, your fluid intake before, during and after a long run when, when you're out there training in these warmer conditions. And, you know, especially with the direct sun and uh, with a bit, the humidity is up a little bit. 
it's all a really good training effects for you know what what lies ahead but to start with i need to go back to hills we did an episode about heartbreak hill this notorious hill in Dublin Marathon and, you know, Vinnie Mulvey again came on and said, stop making so much about these hills. Stop giving hills names was his was his advice. You're, you're building things up and getting in your head. But incorporating hills is a thing that in every bit of research I did in preparation for this episode was uh, recommended by everybody. It was unanimous. Get some hills in. Now, let me ask you this, Sonia. Do I need to create a hill session or do I just need to do what the plan is and incorporate some hilly terrain within it? Well, it depends on the training session. I mean, a lot of the training runs and sessions that you'll be doing right now will be asking for you to do things at a particular pace. Yeah. And so when you're doing that, then you generally are better off not being over hills. Um, but sometimes even on the recovery runs, um, it's not a bad idea to do a hilly course. Mm-hmm. Because it just keeps things interesting yeah. and it's good for your strengths. It's good for, you know, just variation in, in the movement and the different muscles that you use. Um, I mean, you can do some hill sessions, but you probably don't need to do too many of those at this stage. Um, nothing too short and fast anyway, I wouldn't think. It's cramming for the leaving cert, though, isn't it? Uh, I always bring come up with the, the leaving cert analogy for these big races because... There is the sense of, well, if you if you screw up paper one, i.e. the first half of your marathon, paper two is a write off. It doesn't matter what you do in paper two. But you are people are incorporating hills in an effort to cram more bank in for their book. And that's probably a bit dangerous, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is that you just have to get the, the balance right and you have to there's no shortcuts here. You have to tick all the boxes. And, you know, if for some reason you miss out on something, if you've got an injury or you're sick, then you do need to dial things back a bit and then you have to approach things slightly different. Hmm. But there's no point playing catch up and trying to cut corners. You know, you have to do the work and you have to do the work related to the outcome that you want. And if for some reason that outcome has to change, then then you change the work that's required to do. And, you know, you just, there's certain times you have to be adaptable for reasons that are out of your control. You know, if you're forced to take some time off, but you're still signed up for the marathon and you've done all this training through the summer, that's not all lost if you don't panic and you just reset the, the goalposts or adjust it a little bit. The panic is a thing though, isn't it? You bring it up there and Panic is definitely a, a commonality in a lot of the emails that I get in relation to this subject that people want to find out from you as someone who has always just appeared to have an air of calm to you. And certainly a lot of elite athletes, like you see Kipchoge on the line and he really does look like he's out playing golf. It's there's so much head game in this. How does a a newish runner avoid panic? Is there any kind of simple steps you can take when you feel the rising anxiety of, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, what have I got into? <laughs> and uh, how am I going to do this? Would you have any uh, suggestions for that person? Because I feel like that's kind of everyone. Oh, well, I'd say sign up for Ireland's Fittest Family. 
then <laughs> marathon will be easy. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be no panic at all, no anxiety. You actually know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In Ireland's Finnish family, which we've been filming recently, you have no idea what's coming. And yeah, even when you have an idea, you still have no idea. <laughs> oh my God, of course. I totally forgot that this aspect of what you've been doing like these late long filming hours that you've been doing and people always assume the coaches know what's coming up, but you're arriving and going, what the hell is this? Yeah, I mean, when you stand on top of, you know, containers in Dublin port and you're just standing there for a photo and you're looking at this balance beam that they have to walk across between two containers, you're thinking, I wouldn't be doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to encourage them and like you know get them all excited and want to do it <laughs> yeah. oh, which they are anyway you can't hold these people back I think they're a different breed oh, what's on offer like what do they win is it cash um, so I think there's only a prize for the winning family oh. um, 15,000 euros that'll go no that that will go a distance if you're planning that holiday but uh I don't know if I'd be balancing on beams. Are they are they strung up with a wire? Like there's safety, right? Safety nets down there, right? Uh, there is. There's cargo nets underneath you, but you wouldn't want to fall into them. <laughs> Big holes in them, <laughs> like your arms and legs. Your head <laughs> might be gone through it and you'd be stuck and trying to get out. And but but all, joke, all jokes aside, right? It is a good point in that you know what this is. You know, it feels like it's the great unknown, but it is. 42 kilometers, 26.2 miles. You, you you know that it's not going to be climb over the spikes, go under the net, <laughs> jump across the thing. It's it's literally just a long run. It is a long run. and But, you know, I suppose the unknown factor and the, the fear factor that people have is that most will have not, if it's your first time for sure, you will not have covered the distance in training. Mm. Most people don't. They, you know, you go so far, you get good at going so far. And then you kind of think, well, yeah, no, I can, I can get the last, whether it's five or eight or 10 kilometers, I can do that myself. Yeah. Once, once I get to that point, you know, adrenaline takes over. But the issue is, I suppose, when things like your body shuts down a little bit, or if you've gone out a bit too fast and, you know, you put yourself into a hole and you got to get out of it and how are you going to finish? And this happens all the time. You see people, you know, stopping on the side of the road, you know, walking across the finish line. There's a lot of stuff out there. And, you know, the best thing you can do is do everything possible to try and prevent that Hmm. and to be as prepared as you possibly can physically, but then also mentally that you can visualize everything that you're going to be doing. And, um, you know, just be comfortable with the whole thing. And, you know, the main thing is that you, you prepare really well. And then when you actually race it that you don't start too fast. Okay, well, let me ask you this question. I emailed this to you um, earlier today so that you'd be prepared. What tiny changes can people make that will yield the biggest rewards at this stage of training? And I guess, you know, this is a question aside from marathons. This is just a big question around just training in general, whatever you're into. Well, the main thing is to just keep everything simple. And, you know, you just look at all the things that can help you, like things like your diet, your sleep, recovery from the training, you know, all the little things that sometimes you can forget about it. Maybe a little stretching that I know in 2015, 
when I did run that Dublin marathon and um, I found that stretching was really helpful and I would do a session on Tuesday morning and it's when I was in Australia and then I would go down to the Mentone Athletics Club in the evening and I would be prescribing a session down there and timing it and encouraging them but while they were out for their warm-up I would bring my little stretching rope and I had this little routine of stretches I would do and I just believed that you know this helped me to Mm. recover from the session in the morning so I think you have to find the thing that you believe helps you or that gives you that little bit extra Um, and whether that's you know the drink that you have after your training session the massage that you have after the gym session that you do you just have to find that little thing that you believe gives you an extra boost and and then you and you just become consistent with it the main thing is you just become consistent with everything that you do because running it's so one-dimensional that there's other little things that you can add in that can help you to be a bit more diverse in you know the straight running forward down the road and you know just it's just thinking about running but if you can stretch gym you know whatever recovery methods you know maybe these did you ever get those norma tech boots oh i didn't i mean i'm not (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna be spending that amount of money on the norma tech but what about the, the massage gun (laughs) <laughs> the massage, that. the massage gun. I should say, we still have an offer code for people. Um, uh, Irish massage guns uh, sent me a really good one, and you can get a good healthy discount off there uh, using the Irishman running abroad discount code, which I think is IRA twenty. Now I get the the irony of the IRA initials and uh, getting discounts on guns. Uh, but I'm not going to make those jokes. <laughs> they're, they're they're for you to make. Um, the massage gun and all of that, like these, this is this is a pretty profound piece of advice you're giving here. And I always think it's funny the way you throw these pieces of advice away so quickly. But that just literally turning up the dials on each of the things towards your big event is just superb advice because everyone out there must be doing a little bit of stretching, and if you're not then you need to do some. Uh, If there's one thing you've taught me in the last, in the preparation for the last marathon, it was just recognizing that something is better than nothing. And that even if your diet is something that you don't focus on, we'll focus on it a little bit and (laughs) you'll see a return. Uh, Vinnie Mulvey's going to pop on later on. That's in the second half of the show over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad for the price of a pint each month. You get double size episodes with myself and Sonia, double size episodes with Marion on a Friday, and of course, access to the full back catalogue of Irishman Abroad interviews if you need company on your runs. Uh, We also get to go around the parishes and hear what you guys have been running. Sonia picks out her stars of the week on Strava and you'll need to hear those. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress, 